a word about glory. <clears throat> but I'm going to start with authority. In our gospel passage, Jesus says that these priests sit on the chair of Moses. The scribes and Pharisees sit on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you. So as apostles say, Jesus, you keep bad-mouthing the Pharisees and the scribes, and you keep admonishing them and rebuking them, etc. Should we be listening to them? I mean, they do have formal authority, and they are the decision-makers and the, the judges and the police officers, if you will. What should we do with them? And Jesus says, well, they sit on the chair of Moses, so you need to... You need to observe all things, whatever they tell you. But don't follow their personal example, is the caveat that Jesus gives them. So this is this thing about authority, is it's essential. Without authority, families collapse, the church collapses, society collapses. There has to be authority. So within a family, obviously, the parents have authority over the children, and the children have to respect that authority. You see the same thing in the church that Christ gave us. Peter, upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against you. Peter, feed my sheep. And so Peter is the first amongst the twelve apostles, but the apostles in, in themselves have authority over their priests, etc. And so we see this hierarchy and authority through the church. Ditto in civil society. We have a president, we have a congress, and a speaker of the house, and, and then there are 50 states with 50 governors and legislatures, and mayors of cities, and city councilors, and county commissioners, and people with authority. And without this authority, without this hierarchy, everything collapses. And what this gets back to is the necessity of order. Order is incredibly important for God. Order is, and we know that by just looking at the universe. <clears throat> billion galaxies, and they all have perfect mathematical order. Whoever it was who set the universe in motion obviously prizes order, super important. And heaven has order and authority and hierarchy with God at the top, etc. <clears throat> so, and getting back to, a, to order, it was so important God sacramentalized it. He made one of the seven sacraments the sacrament of holy order. Without order, there's chaos, and what follows chaos is death. So, getting back to this authority. But here's the thing with these guys in this authority, these scribes and Pharisees, is that these scribes and Pharisees are not using the authority that God gave them for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. It's not what they're using it for. They're using the authority that God gave them for their own self-advancement. For their own exercising of personal power, for perhaps wealth, certainly popularity and status. Jesus says, these arrogant guys go around town loving seats of honor in synagogues and banquets. And they love to hear people say, ah, hell, Rabbi, you're so awesome. And they wear their phylacteries, which is like these stoles. I'll step away and show you a stole. So a phylactery is, this is my and then they're the flatteries to Starbucks. And it's like, what are you doing? That's for God and the religious ceremonies. And know that this is important. This goes all the way back to Leviticus. God tells the priests exactly how to dress when you're worshiping God. So that's important. But that's when you're worshiping God, not when you're walking around town. So this is this thing, is that inside every one of us, we want to be special. We want to be respected. 
We, we, we want to be have some importance. In the end, really, honestly, we want glory is what it is. We want to be like God. And this was the great temptation that Satan used to get Adam and Eve to fall. If you eat the fruit, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God. You'll be special. You'll be powerful. You'll have glory. And it's within our fallen nature now. It's in our DNA. We see little children, little toddlers wanting to be special. Children being jealous of their siblings and the attention that they're getting from parents, etc. Even my cats get jealous of the attention that I give to one of the two cats. It's in our nature now. We simply want to be glorious and special. We're filled with the vice of pride and the vanity that goes with it and all of the abuses that go with it. And abuses, for the most part, that we don't see. Like, for example, not paying someone else a compliment because we're afraid it might take something away from me if I were to. Not being respectful of somebody else's story, but wanting to share my own. But they're lonely, and they're powerless, and so their story is really important to them. And to have the humility and the charity to listen to it. Or when we watch television, we see the Middle East, and Ukraine, and Russia, and the economy and whatever is going on in the world, and we, in the comfort of our living room, or staring at our smartphone, we imagine ourselves, without even thinking of it, that we're God, that we know how to fix this problem. If I was in charge, it would be over. There would be no more of this or that, because da-da-da. We're falling into that kind of mindset of the scribes and Pharisees, and we're not even aware of it. We're not aware of it. The reality is, of course, that God has given every one of us in our state in life responsibility. Whatever that is, it's the responsibility to be a leader or the responsibility to be a good follower. We both have responsibilities in that way. For that matter, in the Bible, the responsibility to be a really good landowner, like the father in the story of the prodigal son or Abraham and his thousands of herds or whatever, And then to be a really good slave for the really good landowner. Which gets back to the monarchy of heaven. That in heaven everything's a monarchy. It's God and then his subjects. And the subjects don't resent God for being God and having all power. They love the fact that God is God and that God has all power. And they unite themselves completely in their will to the will of God. But on earth, because of our fallen nature, we still have this idea of monarchical power. We just don't call our boss at work a king, or the president of the United States a king, or those in authority princes, etc. But it's instinctive within us. But we have to know that wherever we're at in our state in life, that the one who we're really serving is our Lord. It's Him. And when we forget that and we start serving ourselves, then all kinds of problems break out. All kinds of problems break out. In that first reading that we heard today, the Lord says to the prophet Mal- Malchiah, He says, I'm going to try to find this, You have turned aside from the way and have caused many to falter by your instruction. These priests who were just serving themselves in the priesthood, 
cause many to falter by their instructions. Another way of putting it in the New Testament would be souls would be damned because you, priest, didn't do your job. Do you want to be responsible for that? Ditto for dads and moms. Dittos for husbands and wives. Be what it is that you're supposed to be because somebody else's salvation is counting on it. And it's true of all of us that we're responsible to our Father in Heaven. So if I can't have any specialness or glory or whatnot in this life, then well, what can I have? Well, the reality is we can. It's just that we share the specialness and the glory of God. In Him is our glory. In Him is our peace. In the responsorial psalm today, I was kind of like, well, what do you do if your little, my little cat Benedict, who's so jealous of Scholastica, she knows that if I hold her and I pet her and I set her down, she immediately starts looking for him. Because if he spotted her getting love for me, he kind of stalks her, and then when I'm not looking, he jumps on her and beats her up. Like, don't ever do that again, sort of thing. How is it that, that we live in this world? I mean, what's the consolation until we get to the next life? And the answer is, in you, Lord, I have found my peace. My peace isn't found in me being God of the world, or me being God over that person, or me being more special or important than this or that person. Our peace is found in what the Lord thinks of me. And if he doesn't think highly of me, we will not have peace. But if he does, because I'm a holy man or a woman, then there will be peace, peace in our heart. That in the end, the only one whose opinion of us counts is God. It's not the spouse, it's not the children, not our parents, not our brothers and sisters, not our co-workers at work, not what others might think of me. It's God. What does God think of me? What is heaven and the Blessed Virgin Mary and those angels and those saints in heaven, what do they think of me? And if I'm aligning my life with them, then their praise and their acknowledgement of my specialness is all I really need. And that's where my peace will be found.